Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi everyone, welcome to Real Lives, I'm Adam Conn and this week we've got a great episode coming up. It's with YouTuber and Instagrammer Megan Rose. Meg and I actually used to live together so we had a lot of fun recording this despite all the microphone issues and connectivity issues we had. However, we had a great chat and I think you'll really enjoy it so thank you for listening. because you know how horrible it is to listen to your own voice for so long <laughs> you know yeah how would you do it okay. on video <clears throat> because um, i did a video interview a few days ago i don't know if you saw uh discussing the future of the restaurant industry uh for a friend of mine nat schooler yeah and he we, we had a great conversation he wanted me to actually put it as an episode on my podcast so I watched the video back and was just staring at myself like, oh my God, <laughs> I didn't realise how much weight, didn't quite realise how much weight I put on during lockdown until I saw this video. <laughs> it's hard enough listening to my own voice for like three hours trying to edit an episode. How would you look at yourself for so long <laughs> um, without cringing too much? I didn't mean how would you cringe. look at yourself. All right, that wasn't an insult. You're, you're so awful you're looking. How do you even look <laughs> <laughs> um, I think because... I did acting at uni, like acting for film. I kind of had it like drilled into me that you had to watch yourself and you had to pick faults in yourself and things that you wanted to change, like mannerisms and stuff. So that was kind of when I started being okay with it. And by the time I started my YouTube channel, I was just used to it. But I do like, I do things. I'm like, why did I just do that? (laughs) (laughs) Is that how they teach it? They're like that critical of your own... Um, yeah, because when we first started the course, we had to record ourselves doing a monologue, like literally on our first week of uni. And then they showed it to us a year later and they were like, what do you think's changed? And they showed us some footage from recent and showed us the difference and said, what do you think's changed and stuff like that. I was like, oh, my roots are a lot better now than they were (laughs) back then. (laughs) But yeah, um... I think you become a lot more aware of mannerisms and things when you are trained on a camera basis. Yeah. Probably more like you, you see certain celebrities, actors get like media training and stuff for interviews, don't they? Yeah. Probably watching their body language. I don't know. (laughs) Did you, did you always want to do acting? Was that something you always wanted to see as a kid and stuff? 
Yeah, I started off as a dancer when I was eight. I was doing just ballet, tap, modern, jazz, all of that. And then they kind of started incorporating acting and singing into our shows that we did. So I never really had any training. And I watched back what I was like when I was like 11. I'm like, that's the most awful <laughs> acting I've ever seen in my life. But um, so I started off as a dancer. And then when I became older, like 15, 16, I didn't really see it as a realistic career. So I stopped. And Why that's not? when I did. Um, I think because of the competition and it's just such a hard industry to get into i think i kind of thought that i should do something more achievable so that's why i did i did hairdressing for two years but doing that made me realize that it wasn't what i wanted to do and then i went back to college and did performing arts and then so what what, what did you do at uni it was acting in musical theater wasn't it yeah i did i did two years at college of performing arts and then i went to uni and did three years in uh, acting for film and musical theatre. So then, obviously, for those listening, Meg and I actually used to live together a couple of years ago. So you, you graduated, and when we were living together, you were still going to auditions and stuff, weren't you? Yeah. And you hadn't started your YouTube channel by then, no. I don't think. You were working no. in a bar. Yeah. So talk us through that kind of transition from finishing uni, working in spa, chasing these auditions... Just okay. where you are now. Um, it was difficult finishing uni because obviously you're not guaranteed a job in what you've just trained for for three years. So I wanted to get a job that was flexible so that I could still go to auditions and still have acting jobs. So I, that's where the idea of working in a bar came from because I knew I would be able to still do that. Um, but it kind of got to like maybe a year later I was still working in a bar I hadn't had any acting jobs and I was just a bit like what do I do like I, I don't know what to do now I was a, a little bit stuck in a rut I guess so I started looking into like other things to keep myself occupied and that's why I started YouTube because it was something I've always wanted to do but I've always kind of thought I can't because there's so many people on YouTube. How am I going to be any different and stand out and make people want to watch me? So I just never did it. And then one day I was just like, right, let's do it. Let's see how it goes. And I got a really good reaction to my first video. So, Well, it's one of those cliches, isn't it? You're going to miss 100% of the shots you don't take. No. <clears throat> yeah. So how long ago did you yeah, start definitely. the YouTube? Almost a year now, June last year. But I think I've come very far in terms of my confidence on camera and things like that since then. So you've been doing it for about a year. Have you seen any of the negative side of it yet? Have you had like nasty comments no. or people messaging you weird things? I actually haven't. I've been really lucky. I mean, you know me, if I did get any nasty comments, I would be sadly <laughs> back. <laughs> but, but I've actually not had any. All of the comments I get are really nice comments, especially my cabin crew videos. I get so many like young people like that want to be cabin crew when they're older. They sort of like look up to me in a way and they're always commenting on my videos, asking me questions. And they're well, really nice. I've noticed those so, things with yeah. the views as well, the cabin crew videos. And which is kind of yeah, cool my... because it's one of those things you don't really think of is what does someone go through to get in that process? You just see someone in that yeah. job when you're on your flight. 
but you don't really see what goes on behind yeah. the scenes. That's kind of something you're bringing light to. Yeah, I never knew what you had to do. When I first started looking into the job, I thought you had to have like certain qualifications, like travel and tourism and things like that. But I was speaking to somebody that was cabin crew and she just said they teach you it all there and then and then send you out to the sky <laughs> pretty much. So <laughs> That sounds a bit yeah, it was reckless the way nice. you worded it. I'm sure it is a bit more adequate training <laughs> not, than that. You get a lot of training. <laughs> you get a lot of training. It's very like hardcore. You have to do a lot of exams and obviously you have to pass every exam with 90% or higher. And you get, I think, three attempts. If you if you fail three, then you're off the the course basically. Wow. Um, and there's a lot of practical exams as well, like demonstrating opening a door in an emergency, closing a door, everything really. You literally get taught everything, and it's compact into three weeks, and they're the longest three weeks of your life. But <laughs> you learn a completely new skill, like first aid, for example. I've never learned first aid before, and now. I could save someone's life. I know what signs to look for if somebody's diabetic or epileptic or anything like that, which I never knew before. I learned all of that in one week. I remember doing my first day course (laughs) for the first time a couple of years back. It was so exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Especially doing the um, CPR and the weird little mannequin thing as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So you're very sort of... um, as a person, you're pretty open, pretty much an open book. I don't think I've ever, yeah. any conversation we've had, you would just say the truth no matter what. Like, it's great. Honestly, <laughs> you're the best kind of person for that. And yeah, you can see that in your videos too. And in your videos, you're actively discussing the company you work for. And you've got all the branding and stuff in there. Have you had, a, yeah. have you like had any kind of backlash from that? Or like, is that something you've been allowed to do? <laughs> Um, we're allowed to post anything to do with the company as long as it reflects in a good light. So obviously I couldn't go onto social media in my uniform and go, oh, don't really want to go to work today. Like, can't, yeah. can't be bothered today, which I never would because I absolutely love the job, even though I only got to do three flights, but I can't wait to go back. And yeah, we've, we've not been, obviously I can't disclose like exam questions and stuff like that, but. I can talk about the training process. See, that's quite interesting because other people have every as well. company I've, I've worked for personally, it's always had a really strict social media clause in the contract, and it's a matter of pretty much do not yeah. mention the company at all, positive or negative. You just can't do it. And then recently, this uh, video interview I did the other day, Nat was saying, oh, you should get more of your colleagues on and we can actually discuss your company together. And I said, not a bloody chance, mate. <laughs> it's not worth my job. I'd lose my job. The things I said as well, I didn't say anything negative yeah. about my company, but my lack of faith in the industry right now in the current climate. Yeah. Yeah. Not a chance. I'd put my job on the line for an interview like no. that. But, so it's very cool. No, they did... They did say to us when we first started, like, be careful what you put on social media and things like that. And obviously, we can't upload any pictures if we've got our ID on, because obviously someone can take it. it And yeah, but yeah, they just said as long as you're because when when we first started training, I was a bit like, what am I allowed to post? I don't know what I'm allowed to post. They just said you can post whatever you like as long as it reflects the company in a good light. Also acting as a brand ambassador as well. 
because the amount of people, yeah, I should yeah. get commissioned. <laughs> the amount of people who've like, like you said, looked at the videos and asked you questions and commented these yeah. last things, saying how good it is that you're showing the training process to a degree. But yeah, so you obviously thought right, you want to get something a bit more secure than bar work, and I mean, you hated working in bars anyway. <laughs> you absolutely yeah. hated it. For someone who's yeah. not exactly a I'm going to say you're not, not a people person. But you've got, <laughs> I don't know how to word it properly. <laughs> you haven't got a short fuse, but Just there is a it. point where if someone's pissing you off, you turn from being the most lovely person. <laughs> so you just snap like, like a cat. You know how <laughs> you're stroking the cat and someone it's clawed your eyes out. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen it happen both with people we used to live with. <laughs> And I've seen not naming any names. And I've seen it when you were at the bar, like as a customer. I've just seen you, like someone taking their time. You're like, "What do you fucking want?" <laughs> so, yeah, it, it made sense to you to but get a different job. <laughs> in bar work, though, you can get away with it oh, because it's it's the sort of job where customer service, although it's expected, it's not expected to that extent. Whereas with cabin crew, you can't get away with stuff like that. But luckily, I haven't had any horrible customers yet on so. your whopping three flights <laughs> on my on my wide range of flights <laughs> that i've done <laughs> so what about the acting then is that something you still want to actively pursue or is, is it something you've given up yeah, on definitely. Or to the wayside i haven't given up on it i put it to the side to focus on my training and everything but i still have like a star now account where obviously nothing's on it at the moment but I would still definitely go to auditions and do any jobs that I could really. I did a panto in, at Christmas time just before I started my training and I really enjoyed that. It was really nice to be back singing and dancing. What was the panto? It was, it was like a rewritten version of Cinderella. Oh, okay. And um, they basically rewrote it so that Cinderella or the person that plays Cinderella has gone missing. So buttons which was who i was has to step in and play cinderella and buttons <laughs> that is awesome <laughs> it was very hot <laughs> there was a lot of clothing on me and i was boiling hot especially in the dance numbers that's such a cool <laughs> idea <laughs> yeah it was it was really it was nice to just not be doing the same old story of cinderella <laughs> you started with doing the cabin crew stuff what two months ago actually started training yeah i applied a year ago yeah. now i started applying to airlines in may last year but it's a very long process from applying to actually stepping onto the plane because you have to apply online like any other job but then if they like your application they'll ask you to do an online assessment you have to pass that then you have to go to an actual physical assessment day which you have to pass to get to the interview stage then you have to pass the interview stage then you have to wait for a training date oh, to become available that's really intense, oh, yeah, intense so it's yeah. long and when you're in a job that you hate it's it's the most painful thing mm. ever but <laughs> good things come to those who wait you put in the work you got the job yeah and and then got then you got grounded <laughs> so you had three flights yeah yeah so, so <laughs> what went through your mind like what happened because you've just started this new job so excited you spent so mm. long going for it yeah and then you must have felt like a bad omen <laughs> or something 
Yeah, well, when I first started my training, coronavirus was like a thing, but no one was worried about it. No one was actually like everyone was just going, oh, it's just the flu. No, no, no one worry. And I was obviously going to the airport every single day because my training was at the EasyJet Academy, which is at the airport. So I was going to the worst place possible and I was getting the train. So if I was going to get coronavirus, <laughs> I was doing everything in my power to get it. Luckily, I didn't. But yeah, I wasn't really worried about it at first. And then on our final week of training, the, all of the people that were due to start their training in March just had their contracts terminated mm -hmm. because of coronavirus. And they sort of came and spoke to us and they were like, you know, you guys are the lucky ones. You got in just in time. And I was literally like, how, how like lucky were we to just have literally scraped the barrel and got in at the right time? Yeah. Because if we'd been a month later, we would have just had our contracts terminated and had no job because all of these people had obviously already left their jobs they were ready to come and start their training the following week and they were just told that they weren't oh coming basically and we also had to do like a lot of online learning before we even started our training which again we had to pass all of the assessments at the end with 90 percent. so they would have done all of that all to be told that they're not doing their training anymore and that was kind of when I started to think, oh, God, like, what's going to happen with this? And then I think it was my second flight that I did to Geneva. During our turnaround time, the cabin manager put her phone on and we had an email basically telling us that it was likely we were going to be grounded. <laughs> and um, I don't really, at this point, furlough hadn't been really talked about. I don't think it was even a thing. So we were all kind of just scared we were going to lose our jobs. So, yeah, I kind of just tried to make the most of every minute of it <laughs> <laughs> all three flights yeah <laughs> so obviously over the past sort of two years your career path has been just sort of a whirlwind of changes and yeah just talk me through sort of <laughs> how that has affected you in terms of your comfort zone these decisions has it taken any sort of like emotional toll or anything like that um, I think so, purely because I'm 25 now, even though I don't feel 25 or act it. <laughs> I always thought, like, if you'd asked me 10 years ago where I would have thought I'd be at 25, I probably would have said I'd be married, I'd have kids, I'd have a house. I don't have any of that, and that's fine by me. I'm not ready for that yet. But it feels like I should be at that place like I should have already figured my career out I should be settled in a job I shouldn't just be starting something new but that's I guess just society telling me that it doesn't have to be that way if I wanted to change my job again next year I could it doesn't matter so that's kind of the mindset that I've tried to adapt yeah because I just think you it's really important to be happy in a job as well otherwise you're just gonna be miserable in all aspects of life not just when you're at work yeah, so important that's something I've come to realize as well is that you, you spend so much of your time at work, make sure it's something you're going to enjoy for the most part. You're going to have a bad day, sure. You're going to have a day where your boss pisses you off. Or, <laughs> I mean, if you're in customer service, you're going to have a day where someone spits at you or throws a punch or something. Oh, but, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It's so important to at least have a bit of passion for what you're doing. Yeah. But I, I'd say I was the same as you, like 10 years ago. Yeah, if you'd asked me what I wanted to do or was thinking of doing, I would have already, <laughs> I would have gone to uni <laughs> and studied yeah. like music production and would be working in a record studio by now. Like say, probably engaged, married, 
whatever house. Yeah. But I think we're basing that on, uh, like, our parents' generation, like the boomers. Yeah. Because, I mean, my, my parents got married. I think they were, like, 23. 23 or 24. Yeah. My mum's parents got married at, like, 20, 21. Yeah. So, and I, my sister's <laughs> four years older than me, so my, my mum was, you know, like, 20, 25 or 26, like, our age. Yeah. When she had my sister, and she was already married and lived in their first home. But I think it's absolutely <laughs> fine not to know what you're doing. Like, completely yeah. fine. In my 20s, I've tried so many different things. When I started my 20s, I was working in uh, facilities management. I was an assistant manager for, like, a clean and maintenance contract. Decided yeah. I didn't want to do it because <laughs> all my friends went to uni and I didn't. So they were all finishing uni. I thought, oh, they're all doing stuff they love. I want to do something. Found my way into hospitality. But before that, I tried being a tree surgeon. I was a terrible surgeon, got hit by a chainsaw, like a running chainsaw. I'm lucky to even have my hand. It's not a joke, oh generally, God. for like any listeners here. Be careful who you work for. <laughs> um, yeah, I started in hospitality. I decided I wasn't going to do that. I tried to start my business like twice. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, I just work in restaurants for the time being. I still don't really know what I want to do in a way. And I'm nearly 27. Fine. That's what your 20s are for. Just figure it out. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest thing as well, is that we feel like we've discussed this in the past, the two of us. We kind yeah. of feel older than we are. Yeah. And that puts its own strain, strain on it as well. I think it's because we've been around a lot of people a lot younger than us as well. Mm. That makes you feel older. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a time when going out drinking with a bunch of 18-year-olds, and this was only like two years ago. <laughs> and I just felt yeah. ancient. I feel like that most times I go out. I don't know how. <laughs> like in a place like Chichester. Chichester's. It depends where you go, I guess. There's a lot of places that are just predominantly students and younger people. Yeah. Whereas where I live in Arundel, it's like it's pretty much all older people. There's not many like young youngsters here. So. Because it's only really pubs. We don't Arundel, have any clubs though. or anything. I love it over there. It's so nice. <laughs> it's cute. Mm. It's a nice little town. It's literally <laughs> as if, if Chichester didn't have the students. <laughs> <laughs> it is like living in EastEnders, though. Everyone knows your business. Especially when you... Probably not before I worked in Arundel, but when I started working in a pub, it was like... I was getting people come in like, oh, you're the new barmaid. I've heard about you. And I'd be like, Sorry. <laughs> I, I swear it's it's like that over here though. Like they're two both like small towns, and it is a case yeah. of everyone knows everyone, and everyone yeah. knows your business. So annoying! I hate people knowing my life. <laughs> it's like when you find out something about yourself, something that's happening to you without, yeah, like someone else tells you, and you're like, yeah, oh, what? I didn't know that. <laughs> Which we both had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just to circle back on your like your YouTube then. So yeah. was there any kind of inspiration you had? Was, are there particular influences that you wanted to model yourself around or did you just try and be as natural as possible to begin with? I, I have a couple of YouTubers that I love watching. Like um, you probably won't have heard of her, but her name's Ellie Darby. 
she's like the one I've been watching for years. She's still one of my favourites now. Um, she hasn't been very active lately because unfortunately she lost her mum just before lockdown. Mm. And she's literally a couple of years younger than me. So it, she hasn't been very active, but she's been very open about her grief, which I thought was really nice for other people going through it. Mm. That was kind of just what I, I didn't want to be fake. I wanted to be myself, not be scared to say things that maybe other YouTubers don't want to talk about online. And just the main thing I want to do is inspire people. And yeah, I just want to be a role model. How, how would you sort of define your channel, your videos, what you do? Uh, what, what would you call it? I don't really know. When I in a horrible way to try and it, put you in a box. I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. When I first started doing it, I think I was very like fashion and beauty based. Whereas now, I mean, I had plans to make it a lot more travel based, but then couldn't. <laughs> um, now it's kind of a bit of everything, I think. It's like a lifestyle video. Yeah. Or... Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I don't really know. I don't think I have a... Is it niche? Is that the word? Mm, yeah. I don't think I have one on YouTube. Anyway, I think on Instagram I have a fashion niche, but on YouTube it's kind of everything. Yeah, well, I've clearly got you second-guessing it now. <laughs> <laughs> Your next video is going to be like an entirely mess, like a mashup Who of different I? genres. <laughs> going to try and do like food reviews alongside a TikTok dance. And... <laughs> Are you on I TikTok just yet? To do everything. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, I love TikTok. I mean, I've only got I've only done like four videos, but yeah, I am um, I was like a latecomer to TikTok. I never had it until literally I think when lockdown started, I downloaded it. And it reminds me a lot of Vine, so I really like it. It makes me laugh. That was the thing I noticed TikTok <laughs> like a, a year ago, maybe. Yeah. Uh, that's when I started to notice it was going to be something big yeah uh, at the time i wasn't branding myself in any way i wasn't on social media properly and i just thought this this isn't for me yeah and then lockdown happened <laughs> and suddenly <laughs> like but like zoom tiktok just kind of exploded it was this huge thing yeah is that is that something you've tried to do did you try and link up your social media to be like an online persona an online brand not saying like a fake persona, but just like you in general. Have you tried to make your TikTok, Insta, mm. YouTube, Twitter? You on Twitter? That kind of thing? Yeah. Um, no, I very much, I think Instagram and YouTube are linked. But everything else, like Twitter, for example, I mean, I don't tend to tweet very often anyway. But I don't ever even say, even on my YouTube videos, when I say follow me on my accounts, it's Instagram and 21 buttons. I don't put TikTok or Twitter on there. Um, I kind of forgot about TikTok, to be honest. I would put TikTok on there, but that's kind of just like, I'm pretty much just doing videos. Like, you know, the voiceover ones that you can do where it's like from a film or yeah. something like that. <laughs> I can <laughs> imagine just doing loads that. of like Love Island and Coronation Street ones. <laughs> I haven't, I don't think I've done a Love Island one, but that is a good idea. I might do a Love Island one. Yeah. <laughs> For everyone listening, Meg is like, the only three things I'd be able to say she watches would be Disney, <laughs> Cory, Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty much spot on, yeah. Yep. Yep. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Just a walking, cliche white girl. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. 
<laughs> but I said that when I was I was writing. So I was writing up little stories of my life. Yeah. And they were just like idiotic things I've done while drunk and they're quite funny. <laughs> and then I wrote about other things that had happened again, quite funny. And I thought, oh, I might turn this into a memoir. Because if there's one thing that the world needs to hear, it's the point of view of a middle-class white man, clearly. <laughs> As if the world hasn't had enough of middle-class white men. They haven't. They need more. <laughs> Just add another one into the mix. <laughs> I think the best thing I've ever seen you do drunk was make pasta from scratch. <laughs> Really? Most people just want like a kebab or like something quick, and you're like, "Oh no, I'll literally just make pasta. I won't just make pasta. I'll make it from scratch. I'll make the dough myself. Did I really? I'll put it in the machine myself. Yeah. Do you not remember that? Well, evidently not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. Just, it doesn't surprise me. Obviously, I make pasta a lot, but yeah, but you did it when you like at three in the morning when you were drunk. <laughs> Bloody hell! You made a right mess in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> had we um, gone out or did i just was i just at the vestry and you'd finished working you'd gone out i think with keith but i had, was working and i just got home from work <laughs> was it the time that barney mm. was feeding me quadruples without me realizing might have been yeah <laughs> that sounds like him <laughs> i remember that like I'm, I'm normally pretty good when i drink yeah but there was this one night when Keith turned up to pick me up. <laughs> Our old housemate, Keith. Uh, and I just threw up out of his car as he was driving. <laughs> and I don't really throw up when I'm drunk. No, me neither. And I was a mess. And then when we got home, I remember saying to him, wait, why did you pick me up? How did you know to come get me if I was in that much trouble? <laughs> and he was like, check your messages. And I was saying things like, I'm running away. I'm joining the circus. <laughs> like, like gen- generally being like, I'm never coming back. <laughs> so dramatic, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's when you turned around and you were like, oh, like, Barney, because I, I remember starting to sober off at one point. It might be a different night then. But you were like, yeah, you were asking for doubles and Barney was giving you double doubles. <laughs> so when I was yeah. going up to the bar to order two doubles at a time, I was getting eight shots, it turned out. <laughs> Yep, classic Barney. Yeah. That's what happens when you come out somewhere where your friends work, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, love Because I'm pretty sure I would have probably been giving you more than you were asking for as well. It's the only reason <laughs> I went to that bar, and I can now safely say it because none of you work there anymore. Yeah. But when all three of your housemates work in the same bar, you drink for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and honestly, for about six months, I don't think I paid for a single drink in that place. <laughs> No. <laughs> you guys were slowly killing my body. Yeah. <laughs> but then when I used to go out there, I used to just get free drinks. Do you remember that night when both of us were out? Is that when we were in the VIP section? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when that I tried to wingman you. <laughs> you tried to wingman me by holding my hand and walking through <laughs> the crowd and just kind of like, you just stare at a girl for about five seconds and then walk away. While holding my hand. So all these girls were looking at us, just holding hands, and I thought, you're terrible at this. <laughs> you're awful. But you're so... <laughs> I remember you wanted to make someone jealous. So oh you grabbed him with this word of the VIP so you grabbed my hand and just held it up in the air while staring at him. 
just say, look at me, I'm holding the Oh, my God. <laughs> I am too much, aren't I? <laughs> I think my favourite memory of you, though, one of our I know what you're going to say. birthday. <laughs> Uh, two two years ago, uh, one of our housemates' <laughs> birthday. I couldn't get it off work, so I still had to work in the restaurant. So I got home, I don't know, half twelve, one in the morning, was cooking myself up some dinner. And this was meant to be an all-night rager in Brighton. And then the front door bursts open, like 10 people spill into the house. And I said to the crew, I was like, what's going on? Why are you back so early? And there's this Meg <laughs> at the front of the group. Now, when Meg's drunk, she like, tucks her chin in and it's like your whole neck disappears and you're just like a head on top of shoulders and you just look through you like and just like, wailed i got kicked out of the club all right adam stop judging me <laughs> that i just loved it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i was so drunk though it's because i didn't eat anything because i i didn't eat dinner because i thought we were eating dinner at this place where we were going and then they'd stop doing food. So I, do, I had like a packet of crisps <laughs> and that was it. And I don't think we did get kicked out. I think I was making that up. I think we left because I was oh, literally falling asleep on a chair in the smoking area. From what I remember, you lasted pretty well for the rest of the night. I think in the end, I actually went to bed before Yeah, you well, did. when we got yeah. home, I was fine. Yeah, because <laughs> we, we got on McDonald's, <laughs> didn't we? It's like every night ended in McDonald's like, because like, Keith always drove and the McDonald's was... Yeah, only a five minute walk from my house. No, I thought you were going to mention the time when Barney had to bring me home. (laughs) 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 You've changed your mind, haven't you? That's your favourite time. (laughs) Right. So I was was the only one in the house. I think the other two guys were working or out. I was in bed because I had to get up at like six in the morning. And I hear Meg come home with her boyfriend, Barney. Crashes every, like, every, crashing around. I was like, all right, she's clearly drunk. And then, so my bedroom was right next to the bathroom. And for some reason, there was a door, wasn't there? Like, there was a door to the bathroom from the hallway. But there was a door from my bedroom to the bathroom yeah, as well. Yeah, and a door to your bedroom. And, like, I clearly picked yeah. the room because I could hear everything that would happen in that bathroom. It was horrific. Obviously, we kept it locked all the time, so I'd never accidentally walk in on someone. But obviously, hearing someone throw up is bad enough. Like, let's keep it to that now when you hear him throw up. And then there's a smash and not, like, run out, like, what the hell's going on? And Barney's there, like, so apologetic. Like, Did we wake up? I was like, what's, what's up? And there's just you with your head in the toilet bowl. The toilet seat's the other side of the room. <clears throat> yeah, I broke and he was the like, toilet seat. Like, I'm actually working. <laughs> He was like, she was too, so drunk, I had to take, take had her to home. Work. <laughs> I was like, look, I'll help her out. You go back to work, mate. So I managed to carry you to your bedroom. I was like, that's it. I was like, I'm, as if, you, if you're breathing and you're on top of your bed, I'm going back to sleep. But you kept rolling off your bed, not falling off somehow. <laughs> Considering, like, Meg's bed was pushed up against a wall as well. Like, one side of it was touching a wall. So, <laughs> and yeah. The, you were so drunk, the only way you could balance yourself to stand up was to, like, stick your, yeah, stick your bum up in the dog. <laughs> and, like, use the, the centre of gravity from your bum to pull you back up. <laughs> and I was like, in the end, I kind of, like, oh, made some Lord. padding out of pillows on the floor around your bed and just left you to it. So if you did fall off in the night, then. But there was one point I heard a thud and I, like, 
later on in the night, like ran to your room, you were just out cold. What? Like, I, on your bed. I don't know where the thud came from. I had work the next day at like eight o'clock in the morning as well, and you woke me up. Remember didn't that? You? Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> you came in my room, and I was just like, <laughs> "That was it." So I was like, "She should have left for work." Get out! <laughs> I meant to go to work. Oh my god, that was horrendous. That was the worst day of work of my life. I don't even think I did any work for like the first three hours. I was just sat outside on the decking, like Erin was feeding me water and food because I just couldn't couldn't work at all. <laughs> Living in that house, I don't think I've ever drunk so much in my life. Uh, and and this is like my mid to late twenties at this point. Not even yeah. like when I was young, like eighteen yeah, years old. Back when we were eighteen. And. <laughs> So I, I never went to uni. So when all my friends went to uni, they had their wild years between the age of like 18 to 21. Between the age of 18 to 21, yeah. when all your school friends from such a small town leave to uni, you're on your own. <laughs> and there's no one. And I worked yeah. with all the people I worked with all middle-aged. So I didn't have any wild years. <laughs> uni was definitely my wild years as well. Yeah. But obviously I was a bit so older. I think I had mine in my mid-20s. Yeah. I think if we'd lived in a nicer house, we probably would have lived together for longer because the whole reason I moved out was because I just couldn't take it anymore. I think you and I would have lived <laughs> together for longer. I don't think yeah. you would have lived with the other two. <laughs> what makes you say that? <laughs> so at the time, I was a very passive pacifist, I'd say. I was a pacifist. Like, I didn't like confrontation. Not from fear of it. I was just, I'd had enough drama in my life to have any more confrontation in my life. So if something was messy, yeah. I'd throw a strop silently and clean it. Usually to me. <laughs> You'd come in my room. If and Meg something. found something messy. <laughs> oh, hell would It was this. a whole different story. <laughs> I think apart from one time when. Actually, no, it was twice I nearly got into fights with. One of them, Keith, um, I just lost it one night. I completely, I, were you there that time? I can't remember. No, I don't think I was there, but I think I, you told So me I was in it. the kitchen. I just got I can't remember. Work. And bear in mind, all the stuff in the kitchen belonged to me, apart from like five things. All the parts and pans were mine. And I'd gotten home and yeah. every surface of the kitchen was covered in used pots and pans or food wrappers. And it was all Keith. Oh. And it, it was left from the night before and I was fuming because it was obviously my stuff he was making dirty. And I remember distinctly yeah. the only reason I didn't punch him was because I'd just unboxed a brand new iPhone. <laughs> I'd got home, it was like the iPhone 8. It was the first <laughs> time I'd ever had a, a decent phone. And I'd just unboxed it. They all got home and yeah. I just lost my shit with them. And I was like, you've got to start cleaning up, blah, blah, blah. And when Keith is in the wrong or someone's having a go at him for something, even if it's in a more constructive and polite way than what I was doing. He just says, okay. Yeah. He doesn't say, oh, I'm sorry, or he doesn't yeah. defend himself or counter-argue. He goes, just goes, okay. Okay. That's his okay. age. <laughs> and then, and so as I started walking upstairs, <laughs> and he was saying, okay, again, I've walked up, I started walking upstairs, I shouted at him, oh, all you ever say is fucking okay. And he went, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> And then Harvey came up with like a glass of whiskey. <laughs> he was like, there you go, mate. <laughs> and then another time, Harvey and I got really drunk and he just started trying to pick a fight at me. 
in, in the living room. This, this was uh, just under a year ago now. I could have been in the wrong. He claims I was. Does, yeah. I claimed I wasn't. <laughs> but that, that always Yeah, I think I remember being no, told about this. Do you remember that time when Harvey was cooking something and, Keith, and he left it on all night and apparently it was Keith's fault because Keith went to check on it? And he nearly killed yeah, us all. <laughs> Cal was staying over him, so he was crashing on the sofa. Because that was it. Me, Cal, Keith were in the living room. Harvey was making a vegetable stock. And so he comes in the living room and was like, right, the last person up, please turn the gas. He left it on a simmer, so he was like, turn, turn the gas hob off and goes to bed. I was like, right, I'm, I'm crashing as well, Keith. Make sure it goes off. <laughs> Next thing I know, a ba- I'm like banging on my bedroom door. And I stumble up, I'm like, what, what? <laughs> He's like, the house is on fire. We need to go. That's literally. He's, he's like, he the said house that to me as well. And I take one step over the threshold into the hallway from my bedroom, and these fumes hit me, and like we're all like oh, throwing up and horrible. gagging and coughing. We make it outside. Horrible. This saucepan is smoking on the lawn. Nothing was on fire. That's the weirdest <laughs> part. But Keith had left it on. No. And. This stock had simmered down to nothing and then was like burning the enamel of this really cheap saucepan. Mm. Like it wasn't like, and the fumes <laughs> just flooded the house. And so we're all like trying to get fresh air. And, Horrible. Yeah, someone threw up in the grass and stuff. And then I turn around because you can see the driveway from our garden. <laughs> and I turn around and see Meg's car <laughs> in the driveway. <laughs> and I went to Keith, I was like, where's Meg? He was like, oh, I don't know, it's your work. <laughs> I was like, well, first of all, it's morning, so no. Oh, I just went there, I was like, ran upstairs and banged in the door, like, what's going on? <laughs> so he saved every well, say saved. He tried to save everyone from saved quote, everyone unquote, apart a from burning me. house, which was burning, but then left someone like poor Meg in her bedroom. <laughs> I was fine, I was asleep. Love and life. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was horrible. But I think that's as well is towards the end of it. So obviously you moved out and one of the other guys moved out and two new people came in who, who we, we knew anyway. So it wasn't like strangers, but by the end of it, it yeah. got to the point where I think I was a worse housemate than the rest of them because I was <laughs> so fed up of previous bad experiences that if one plate was left out or one pot was left out, I'd go mental. <laughs> and then I remember saying to us, I was like, I'm moving out. Uh, I like, Why? I was like, because I'm just as bad to live with as you guys, because I get angry at everything now. Even if I don't tell you, it's the slightest thing. I go mental. So now it's yeah. safe for me to live alone. I want a dog. I really want a dog. <laughs> you should, you should. That's what, yeah, I want to, well, I want to adopt a dog. <laughs> I've decided I'm going to find a job, work from home, so I can get a dog. Because <laughs> that will fix everything in my life. Good plan. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually messaged our, our friend Holly. She used to walk dogs. Um, yeah. Like all the time. Like she's obsessed. But if I ever saw anything in like my feed and I wasn't paying attention, it was if it was a dog related, I knew it was Holly sharing. It was Holly. <laughs> so I messaged yeah. her just before recording. Be like, hi, how are you doing? Hope you're safe in lockdown. And then she replied and then just left her on red because I realized I had to record this. She probably thinks I'm like sliding <laughs> into her DMs. <laughs> <It's>, uh... 
have an ulterior that is what was, you were doing like, not for <laughs> that ulterior motive but because i want to know where i can adopt a dog <laughs> is it really innocent <laughs> ulterior motive but yeah. she's probably thinking oh someone from my past because apparently that's a thing I, apparently this has happened this is the worst that's depressing enough me being like apparently loads of people like getting exes and stuff message them during lockdown like this is psychological thing of like loneliness mm. so apparently yeah. there's another pandemic of people's exes getting in contact none of mine have <laughs> i i have one guy message me that he wasn't an ex he was just someone that i used to see when i was in college when i did my assumptions video for youtube and i put my um questions box up on instagram I was like, everyone assumed things about me. And then he replied to it saying, I assume you'd never talk to me again. Yeah, you assumed right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just replied and I was like, of course I'd talk to you again. We didn't even like end on bad terms or anything. So I don't know why. But now he suddenly thinks we're friends and he keeps like replying to all my stories and stuff. And I'm like, oh, go away. <laughs> <laughs> See, I really liked your um, assumptions video. I thought it was great. Loved it. When you turn around and thought, when you're talking about being a confident person, one of the assumptions was you a confident person and you were like, oh, I act confident. Yeah. I, I would say you're a confident person. Yeah. Like someone who does know you, yeah. you're not afraid to speak your mind at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of your best qualities. I said earlier about like, you just tell the truth. It's also <laughs> one of your worst qualities, but. <laughs> like I've had it, like you do it for good reasons. You're very much tough love, which is what I I always give people tough love because it's the way my mum raised me. Like, she'd just tell me the truth. I didn't yeah. Appear. That's the way I would rather people approach things with me. That's why. I don't like people to See, be See, I say that. I do say to people, always be honest with me. But if they tell me something I don't want to hear, I won't listen. And you, do, <laughs> you used to do it all the time, like, especially when it came to, like, relationship advice. <laughs> and I'd say what would be happening at the time. Yeah. Like, Stupid idea. Don't do it. You're worth better. Or, no, <laughs> she, she, she ain't going to be right for you. I'd be like, no, I'm gonna do it anyway, <laughs> and then just get like steamrolled <laughs> over. I think I'm kind of quite bad for taking my own advice, though. Like I'm good at giving it, but but as soon as I'm in that situation, <laughs> I don't take my own advice. For, for someone we used to see each other all the time, we haven't spoken for a good six, seven months, or a long know, time, maybe longer. But I mean, that happens. It's no careers take you different ways and relationships and obviously moved away as well yeah i used to just turn up to gbk oh, didn't i whenever i was in chichester that was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> only, it got to the point that was the only after you moved out that was the only chance we got to see each other because i was so busy with work you knew if you turned yeah. up to the restaurant i would be there no matter what <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh. But no, I do. We had, we ended up having like a reunion, didn't we? The last time I saw you, because Harvey came in, and then shortly after Harvey left, oh, Keith came yeah. in. <laughs> and that was funny enough as well, because Harvey and Keith at the time really didn't. Did, after Keith had moved out, Megan moved out. Harvey and Keith didn't get on at all. No. And then Harvey had turned turned up for a chat as well, and then left. And then Keith turned up like five minutes later. Didn't bump into Harvey by some miracle. <laughs> so I don't think I'd have a restaurant left if those two were in the same room at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so just quickly where can we find you Meg? if we want to follow your videos or fashion or anything like that uh instagram my handle is at meg r holland double underscore but my link is in my instagram bio anyway 
if people struggle to find it. Um, and I'll link you in as well in the description. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, Meg. Thank you for having me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.